Hello everyone and welcome back to the Drew View. In today's show, I am going to be talking about five statements that I think everybody can agree upon amongst all of the debt ceiling chaos. I'm Drew Bennett and you're listening to the Drew View. Alrighty, folks, thank you guys for tuning back in to another episode of the show. So first off, I want to say that the debt ceiling, if you turn on the news and if you've been watching any sort of politics, you know, any political commentary, the news, anything like that, you have probably heard about this debt ceiling. And maybe you're thinking, why haven't you talked about it more, Drew? It's been in the news so much. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know all that much about the debt ceiling. I'm not a huge economics guy. I focus typically more on the like cultural political topics rather than the economical political topics. But there are some issues that do need to be talked about. So I'm going to stick to talking about what I do know today. And that is just a couple statements. I'm going to just list off five statements and explain them a little bit, go a little bit more in depth, just statements that I think that everybody can agree upon. And we see all this debt ceiling craziness. We see how, you know, there's all this negotiating and there's a bunch of compromises being made. But then when the compromises are made, then you upset this wing of this party or this wing of this party. And it's just all a bunch of craziness. But let me just tell you guys five statements that I think everybody can agree upon. I think these are pretty basic statements that everyone should be able to agree upon. Number one, let's just get right into it. We have too much debt. I think everybody can agree that $31 trillion, I think we're at something around there, growing by the second. We have too much debt, and we should be working kind of along with that. We should be working to reduce it and not increase it. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that's happening is that we're having these debates because we don't know whether we should make this deal or that deal and what we should do with the debt ceiling. And a lot of people are saying, hey, we cannot keep increasing our debt. It doesn't make sense. If you, as a American, as a citizen, not a politician, but if you as a household were continuing to go further and further and further into debt each and every year, eventually you'd hit a point where you can't just keep going more and more into debt without consequences. And we've kind of hit that point in America where we're going to have to decide how much more debt can we afford to go into and still be able to afford the consequences when those arise. It's not really a question of if, it's when those problems arise. So I think that's number one. We have too much debt and we should be working to reduce it and not increase it. Number two, we spend money on stupid things. I think we can all agree that as a country, we spend money on dumb stuff. The biggest thing I can think of is last year, we passed an omnibus bill. And essentially what happens with these bills is we put all of our spending or whatever for the year or, or I don't know, again, that much about the economic side of it, but it's a lot of the spending for the year is packed into this bill. Now, what happens is 
there's all of this garbage packed into this bill. Congress has maybe a day to read it, and then they have to vote on it. In these bills, it will say, these are the main things we're focusing on, but it is chalked full of what is called pork barrel legislation. If you don't know what that is, that is essentially legislation that is put into bills to get people to vote for them. So what would happen, for example, if you have, let's say, Kevin McCarthy and Hakeem Jeffries, those are the two leaders of the two parties right now in the House, if they were working on a bill, let's say Kevin McCarthy was working on a bill in the House, and he wanted to get some bipartisan support. He wanted, he needed to get some support from people like Jeffries or things like that. He would go up to Jeffries and say, hey, I need you to vote for this bill. And Jeffries would say, hey, I'll vote for that bill, but not unless you put in this, this, and this. Now, when he says, I want you to put in this, this, and this, what that is, is it's usually spending in his own district that will help him get reelected. So typically how this works is he would say, yeah, I'll vote for that bill, but you have to add in half a million dollars for this park that I want to build in the area that I'm representing. So he would get something that he wants in exchange for him voting for the bill. So this is kind of how this works. So these omnibus bills, what happens is essentially every congressman gets a say in, oh, I want this in my district, I want this in my district. And then we spend like, I don't know, half a billion dollars on preserving uh, salmon in a lake for some congressman in their district. And then we spend, you know, $2 million on a museum in this district that this congressman wanted. And what happens is by the end of it, we have all this pork barrel legislation spent on stupid things because it's not really to better the country. It's really just to get people reelected. Renaming forts. We just talked about that yesterday. All of these things, it's like, hold on a second. Why are we, when we have this much debt that we're trying to deal with, why are we spending this money on stupid things? We can't afford to be filling all of our legislation with this pork. We can't do it. We have to find ways to be more reasonable with that. So I think that's number two. We spend money on stupid things. I think we can all agree. Number three, we should not raise taxes to help pay for more spending. Now, I think, I think everybody would agree with this, though I know some people believe that the rich don't pay their fair share. But we shouldn't raise taxes to help pay for more spending because we don't have a revenue problem in America. We have a spending problem in America. I think that to an extent, Vivek Ramaswamy has it right. The best thing that you can do is don't raise taxes, don't cut spending, just increase the amount of money. If you're having troubles with how to distribute the pie, why don't you go get a bigger pie? His idea is just essentially grow the country's GDP so we have 
more high to distribute and we don't have to tax higher. We don't have to spend less. We just need to increase our GDP. And while I do see where he's coming from on that, we do have to cut some of our spending. I think the biggest problem with this is you have politicians who are like, well, what should we cut? Should we cut funding for Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, or should we cut defense spending? Instead of saying, should we cut the half a, mil- uh, half a billion dollars that's going to preserve uh, salmon in this lake in North Dakota? Or, or should we cut spending on things that are a lot more important? And they're not going to cut spending on the things that help them get reelected. Let's just be completely honest and real with each other. But that's where some of our biggest problems lie. We need to be cutting this stupid spending on things that aren't really important, except that is never going to happen because that's what get, that is what gets these congressmen reelected. There's an incentive for them. There's not really that much of an incentive for them to say, oh, well, we should only focus on spending money on things that are most important. There's no incentive for them to do that because, number one, it's not their own money. It's all of the American people's money. And my grandpa always says, and it's so true, it's easy to spend other people's money. If this was their own money, nobody runs, nobody in Congress runs their household like this, where they keep going into debt more and more and more each year. But somehow they think it's okay for our country to do that. And on top of that, there's also no incentive for them to focus on the major legislation because all they have to do is increase the amount of pork barrel legislation that they pass where they say, hey, uh, this money is going to go to my district to help me get reelected and we're going to cut spending to social security and defense spending and all that. But you know what happens when that occurs? The American people get ticked off, but this is what happens. Every single one of them will campaign in the next election cycle and say, well, it was that party that decided to make these cuts. And then the party that's being blamed will say, no, it's that party that decided to make cuts. They want to spend it on their own policies. They want to spend it on getting themselves reelected. But guess what? Both sides are equally to blame in those situations. So. I think, again, getting back to the point, we should not raise taxes to help pay for more spending because we don't have a problem with a lack of revenue. We have a problem with our spending addiction. Congress has a problem with spending. They have an addiction to spending the American people's money. We don't need to give them more money to spend on these silly things. And the only thing that I think some people will disagree with is some people will probably say that, hey, we should raise taxes. We should just raise taxes on the rich. But again, we have a very progressive tax code in America. The rich do pay a much, much, much higher percentage than the poor do. So when these billionaires are already paying uh, 30% of their income is going to Uncle Sam, they don't need that to be hiked up even more because, again, this is just really 
common sense here. If you are making a ton of money and then you realize, oh my gosh, I have to give all of this to Uncle Sam, or if I made less, I'd be able to keep more of it. There's no incentive for people to make more and to be entrepreneurs, be CEOs, push innovation. You disincentivize people to do all of those things when you say, yeah, well, because you're rich, we're just going to take almost all of your income. So that's kind of my quick thoughts on that. So that point was, again, we should not raise taxes to help pay for more ridiculous spending. Number four, we can't stay on this track forever. I think that is pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory. There's no way that each and every year we can keep increasing and increasing and increasing our debt because pretty soon half of the taxes that we pay is literally just going to paying the interest on our debt. It's not even going to paying off the debt itself. It's a disaster. We have to stop at some point. We can't keep going on like this forever. And number five, and I think this is, again, one of the most important things to realize and something that we can all agree on if we took a step back. Democrats and Republicans are to blame for many of the financial problems that we face today. A lot of people like to just say the Democrats have a spending addiction. Oh, the conservatives just want to make all these spending cuts. Both parties are to blame for the financial situation that we're in right now. With all of the different spending bills that go through, with the omnibus bills that go through, those have to be voted on by both parties. It's not just one party that pushes those through. It's both parties that chalk all of this legislation, all of these uh, spending bills with a bunch of pork. It's not just one party, it's everybody. It's everybody in Congress who wants to get reelected. So I think a big thing is recognizing that both parties have some blame in this. I think, personally, McCarthy and Biden in their negotiation, I, I think it was a bad deal. I don't think McCarthy did a good job. One of the things that I've noticed, and I thought very strongly, that a lot of Democrats said that Republicans were nuts, they were divided, they didn't know what they wanted with voting for a Speaker of the House. I think they did a great job in making Kevin McCarthy a more conservative figure. I think on a lot of things, he became a lot stronger on the issues because they were like, we are not going to vote for you unless you promise us this, this, and this. However, this still shows that he does have that swampy side to him that hasn't completely gone away. And I understand how negotiations work. There has to be some give and take. Biden is in the White House. Democrats control the Senate. All that Republicans have is the House. So yes, there has to be a give and take here. The problem is, if Kevin McCarthy really, really wanted to, he could have made a lot better of a deal because all he had to do was say, look, unless we have no new debt, unless we don't increase the national debt, my party will not vote for Bill. They won't do it. Now, a lot of people argue that, hey, Biden and the Democrats, they have a lot of leverage because they control more of the government. And that's true. They do have a lot of leverage. However, 
if we default, it looks worse on Joe Biden and on the president than it does on Congress. That's just how it is. They'll point fingers. They'll say, blame him, blame him, whatever. People will almost assuredly blame the president because he was not able to make a deal. And all McCarthy will keep saying is, hey, we wanted to start negotiations with Biden months and months and months ago, and he didn't want to. He wanted to wait until the last minute so he could just say, oh, well, do what I want, and then we'll be done with it. But I think what McCarthy should have done was he should have waited, because we are in crunch time right now for this bill if we don't want to default. And I think what McCarthy should have done was say, hey, if you don't want to default, we're going to make this a strong bill, and we're going to add no new debt. The biggest problem with a lot of conservatives And the reason that a lot of conservatives aren't voting for this bill is because they said, hey, we only were going to vote for a bill if there was no new debt. But what we what this agreement says is that we are going to add four trillion to our debt in the next two years. That's two more trillion dollars of debt per year for the next two years. So that right there shows you that both sides are to blame for the spending problem because Biden and the Democrats, they want to spend more and we can't really afford to spend more. And then Republicans and Speaker Speaker McCarthy, he is saying, hey, we're making this deal. It's such a great deal. But we're adding four trillion dollars in debt. That's still a heck of a lot of debt that we're getting ourselves into in two years. That's why a lot of Republicans are upset. So I know a lot of people are like, what is the issue with these Republicans? They are never together on these things. They're always divided because you have the far right section of the party and you have the other Republicans. And really what it comes down to is a lot of Republicans are sick of just going along with the status quo. A lot of conservatives learned the Donald Trump method of, hey, we can push back on the party's establishment. We can. And that's what they did. They made Kevin McCarthy kind of sweat a little bit on whether or not he was going to become Speaker of the House. They made him cave on a lot of issues. Same thing with this debt ceiling. A lot of people are making Kevin McCarthy feel a little uncomfortable. There's a lot of Republicans that are telling Kevin McCarthy, I'm not going to vote for you for Speaker of the House because of this bill. A lot of Republicans who didn't vote for him, who said, listen, we'll vote for you just to get this process over with. But if you don't cave into all of our demands, we're not going to vote for you again. We're going to find somebody else. And I think what's happening is if Kevin McCarthy keeps on engaging in deals like this, you're going to see him, again, struggle to get Speaker of the House if the Republicans are in the majority. So I think one of the biggest things, again, back to the main point of this, Democrats and Republicans are to blame for the many financial problems that we face. From McCarthy's bad negotiation with President Biden to Republicans equally engaging in pork barrel spending to Democrats and their spending addiction. Every 
everybody in Congress and in the White House can take some blame for the financial situation we find ourselves in. I think everybody should be able to agree on those five things. And if not, man, I don't know what to tell you. I think the only one that even might come close to being controversial is that we shouldn't raise taxes. I just think that, that we don't have a revenue problem. We make the, we give Congress plenty of money to try and work out deals. And what ends up happening is they just use that money recklessly. They don't use it on smart things in smart ways. They just act foolish with it. So anyway, guys, that's what I have for you for today. I just thought I'd get on and talk about a couple things that I do know with these debt ceiling talks, and that is things that I think most people can agree on. We have a spending problem and we need to fix it. That's really what it comes down to. But now I'm going to get into my closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day that you've given us, another day for me to come on and talk to my listeners. And Lord, I just ask that you give me the wisdom to just speak the words that you want my listeners to hear. Help my words be a reflection of you to those who listen to them. Father, we love you, we praise you, and it's in your name. Amen. Thank you guys for sticking around until the end of another episode. If you're new, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share this episode with one of your friends on the other side of the aisle. See if they agree with these five points. And until I see you guys back here again tomorrow, stay blessed.